Hello and welcome to Nerd Snap. My name is Anna and I will be your host on this podcast. If you're new here, I just want to say hi, welcome. I am really glad that you're here. I hope you're doing well, all of you. Uh, today we have a lot to talk about. Um, as I said in the previous episode, we are going to be talking about Supernatural. They're back with the 14th episode called Last Holiday. Um, at this point would have been out for a moment, but this is when I'm reviewing it. And also, I'm going to be talking about the second episode of uh, The Walking Dead World Beyond, which is the latest spin-off of The Walking Dead. And uh, Fear the Walking Dead, that is back with the sixth season, the first episode of the sixth season. So buckle up, because sit in your comfortable chair, maybe get a snack, I mean, just do you, whatever you like, just know that we have a lot to talk about, and yeah, just enjoy. I'm gonna start this off by talking about the latest episode of Supernatural. I'm going to walk you a little bit through the episode uh, just to kind of give you like the mainly what the plot was, but I'm going to do it shortly, I promise. It's not going to take 40 some minutes. And then I'm going to talk about like what were my favorite parts of the episode and kind of like maybe some little like Easter eggs or at least what I think could have possibly be like an Easter egg for maybe like future episodes. So let's get into it, right? So at the beginning, we see Sam and Dean being at the bunker and um, there's like the bunker, like they have some issues with it. So they have some pipes that are like falling apart. So they decide to go to the grid control room to just investigate and see like what's going on. And what I loved about this was that, you know, Sam goes in there, he has like a manual or something, he's like trying to read, and Dean, it's like, you know what, I'm just gonna press the glowing button, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna press it on, the restart button, like, you know, it's gonna fix everything. And you know what, I would think that the logical way to go about it is probably to do what Sam's doing, right? To just maybe think about it, to read up, to, you know, but what I would have done is definitely what Dean did, okay? Like, I, I was definitely gonna go and do the same exact thing. I was definitely gonna go and do the same exact thing that Dean did, Okay, like I was just gonna like press the glowing button and hope for the best because like, I mean, come on, like that's how you fix things. So he presses the button and, you know, Sam's kind of like arguing and he's like, wait, maybe you shouldn't do this. And then, you know, but he does it anyway. And then everything seems to be okay. And he's like, see, I told you everything is fine. But then they go upstairs and they see that not everything is kind of like what they left to be so dean finds this little old lady just folding his scooby-doo underwear yes but yeah and then they're like you know sam comes upstairs and they're like okay what is going on like who are you 
So this lady tells them that they can call her Mrs. Butters and she explains to them that she's something called a wood nymph. And we are like, oh, what is that? We don't know. We don't get too much into what exactly wood nymph is. She lived in the forest and uh, yeah, but she has actually been living with the men of letters. She wasn't like a part of the team, but she was helping them, she tells them, with, you know, like kind of like cooking and cleaning and um, yeah, but then what happened was she actually tells them that one time, you know, uh, the men of letters went on an assignment and they were gone for a little while and she decided that she is going to put the whole bunker, the system of the bunker, she's going to put into a standby and mode and she basically got herself in the system and she was like on standby this whole time and that was back in 1958 and they're like wow well you have some catching up to do because it's 2020 lady so she's like freaking out she's like where are they like where's where's the man of letters so they have to obviously tell her that well you know this demon Abaddon killed them all and you know she feels really sad about them um yeah so now that you know she is actually back she also tells them because like Sam and Dean are like well you know what they're not here so like you're free to go like whatever and then she's like but where am I gonna go like this is my home and she's like really kind of like being very sweet about it and you know kind of like very emotional and they're like okay fine you can stay so then she kind of tells them that now that she's back the bunker is at full power and they have new things that they had no idea that they had so one of the coolest things that they have is they have a monster radar which yes dean was really excited to know about it i mean so basically what this monster radar does is exactly what you think it does it shows you where are the monsters okay so it's like a raider and it's like it, it beeps and it's like who like you have vampires right over there so they decide you know sam and dean decide to go and see if this is actually true um so they went and we see them hunting these two vampires that are like just sitting and they were watching some vampire movie and sam and dean just burst in there and just chopped their hats off and like that is it you know, Dean's like super excited. He's like, we have a monster raider. Um, so yeah, then we kind of get to know the this this Mrs. Butters a little bit more. Um, we get to see that she is this like really nice and you know caring person. So we get to know Mrs. Butters a little bit more. Uh, we know that she was living in the bunker and she's determined to protect her family at any cost. And at this point, she considers the men of letters and now Sam and Dean to be like her family. And she's very keen on protecting them and also like on taking care of them. I mean, you know, we see like um, her kind of like always just constantly cooking for them and yeah but like among the other things among her just constantly you know cooking for them and just tidying things up at the bunker um you know the first time they come back 
from the hunt and they're like okay the master raider is real you know this lady like maybe we can trust her like maybe she's not bad like she's telling the truth and everything and then they go back to the bunker and she has like christmas lights everywhere there's a big old christmas tree in like the middle of the bunker and she like baked cookies and they're just like coming inside the bunker and they're like what the hell and she's like you know merry christmas and you know dean has like a biggest the biggest grin on his face and he tells them oh we are definitely keeping her and i'm like right because yeah and so like then we see them also like celebrating basically everything i mean they've celebrated christmas we see them celebrating thanksgiving we see them celebrating halloween and then they're celebrating sam's birthday um yeah i thought it was really interesting and i like that kind of you know she was there to kind of remind them that sometimes it's okay to take a little time and you know to celebrate a holiday or a birthday but she is really like nice and sweet and everything towards uh, Sam and Dean but the minute she sees Jack she kind of knows that he's not human and she actually she asks Jack she's like what are you and then Dean comes in and he's kind of like, he saves the day because Jack's like, what the hell? And, you know, Sam's kind of caught off guard. But, you know, Dean walks in and he's like, he's a millennial. Don't let that throw you off. He's still a good kid. And so anyway, then, um, but yeah, she kind of sees that Jack's not really human and she can see that he's really powerful um later on jack kind of explains to mrs butters when sam and dean are on like one of their hunts and she he basically explains to her like who he really is that he's the son of lucifer and everything that he that he has done and at first we kind of see her you know you can think like okay she doesn't trust him but she is maybe willing to you know give him a chance because that's what she says to him she tells him like you know god is giving us a second chance and now we know that she was kind of pretending to be you know searching for this without anyone knowing and it happened to be like it also had like a video of her when she's like literally ripping the head of a nazi apart from his body because like I said, the wood nymphs were some are these creatures that are mainly um they're mainly like good, they're mainly harmless, but when their family, when their closed ones are being threatened, she would go to lengths. She would violently kill to protect them. So the men of letters kind of manipulated her and brought her here and told her that she's not able to go back to the woods she's not able to go back to her forest to her home because there's monsters out there and they're here to kind of clear the monsters and then she connects with them and she is she basically thinks that they're keeping her safe and they're making the world a better place and um yeah so if they were like hey can you kill this person and she was gonna be like yeah of course you know what i mean um so jack sees the video and he fears that you know maybe she's not what she seems he tries to go and talk to sam and dean about it but 
you know, they're busy. Yeah, so then Jack decides to go and confront Mrs. Butter Butters himself. Uh, once he does that, she actually tells him that, um, you know, she wanted him to see the video. She kind of like set him up because he, she thinks that he's bloodthirsty. She doesn't trust Jack and she tells him that he's really powerful and that he's the monster and that basically he tries to obviously fight her but she has been giving him these smoothies throughout the episode we see and they weren't just these delicious smoothies they actually had something that was uh, in the smoothies that are kind of like weakening his powers and so he's not really able to fight her and she puts a handcuffs on him and she locks him in the basement and then Dean comes back and then Miss Butters it's like yeah you know eat your sandwich because you need to keep your strength up because you need to kill Jack and Dean's like I'm sorry what and so she tells him that she locked him up and she's like, I know that you and Sam were keeping him here because you're afraid that he's gonna, you know, he's too powerful and he can basically hurt people. But now like you don't have to worry because I, you know, I locked him up, I weakened him so you can go kill him. So, you know, Dean is not at 100% of trusting Jack because of everything that he does I mean you know he killed Mary so he hasn't maybe fully forgiven him for it but he understands that Jack is you know he is going through a lot and he didn't really meant to do everything and he's definitely given him a second chance so he doesn't hate him completely you know and he just says that he's not gonna let you know, this evil Mary Poppins to kill him. So he tells her that he's not going to kill him, that he's like not a monster. He tries to fight her, but then she just goes and locks him with Jack. And she tells him that he has like, you know, that he's controlling him or something, that he has manipulated him. So they're both locked now where Sam is on a date then Sam comes back and she basically, Mrs. Butters, tells him about the whole thing. She's like, I locked Jack because you're supposed to kill him because he's evil and he's, you know, he can hurt people. He's really powerful. And then I locked Dean because he, Jack is like controlling him. So Sam's like freaking out right now because he's like, holy fuck, right? But he's trying to act very natural and he's like, yeah, you know, definitely up. Thank you for doing that. I'm just going to go in my room. I'm going to get my gun and go kill them. But that doesn't quite go as planned because he also tries to kind of like shoot Mrs. Butters and she knows like she she realizes and she's able to apprehend him and she's like, well, you were always my favorite, Sam. So then she tries to, you know, she thinks that Jack Jack is not controlling the mind of Sam as well. So she she basically tries to um talk him out of it you know make him see sense she's torturing sam at one point she's like ripping his fingernails and yeah that was that was pretty gnarly um but so then what happens is uh jack and dean are actually able to break out of the basement or whatever they were locked at and they go upstairs and of course 
Dean once again presses the glowing button, the standby button, and it's like, okay, all of our problems are just gonna disappear. So Mrs. Butters is gone for like a minute or two. So they're able to, you know, untie Sam and go upstairs. But she is back and she is really mad this time. So she tries to fight them. She tells Sam and Dean that, you know, they have to kill Jack. And then, you know, they're able eventually to make her see reason. You know, it's like... Um, they tell her, like, you can kill the people that we love and try to protect us. You know, we care about Jack and he's not evil. And then Dean tells him that Jack is able to save the world. That that's why they're here. That's why they're doing, you know, that's what the men of letters were doing. So she sees reason. And then they basically tell her, like, you know, listen, like the men of letters were keeping you here. They were manipulating you. They were, you know, using you to their advantage. So, um yeah so it's like now you're free you can go you can do whatever you want and yeah so mrs butters then decides that she wants to go back home to the forest so she packs up they and then before she goes i i really love mrs butters and honestly i hope we get to see more of her in the future episodes and before she leaves she tells dean to eat his vegetables because he's supposed to watch his cholesterol and then Sam's like all laughing about it but then she turns to Sam and she tells him to cut his hair and then his smile like disappears and then she tells Jack to go and save the world. You know the one like really big telescope that we have in the Man of Letters bunker but we have no idea what it is there for so Mrs. Butters tells them that that is a telescope. It is actually an in, it is actually an internal dimensional geoscope. And then they're like, okay, what the hell is that? So Dean says, well, I looked at it before in it, like there's nothing. And then Mrs. Butters is like, well, that's not good. But we don't really get any kind of other explanation what this thing is supposed to be you know, what is the use of this thing and why is it not good because we can't really see anything in it. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, what could that, you know, potentially mean? Because they're not really able to see in it anything and that is not good. Does that mean that, you know, Chuck maybe like finished his destruction on the multiverse and I think that in the future, we're still going to address this. We're not just going to have this thing there and then kind of like mention it and then just forget about it and never use it. I think this is something that it's going to come back in the future episodes and we're going to, you know, we're going to see more of this geoscope and we're going to learn more about it. So yeah, I think the whole thing with the geoscope could have been an Easter egg for the future episodes. Uh, but other interesting things that I really like that sort of like popped up on this episode. At, in this episode, we see Dean having this kind of like a nightgown, which is purple with like a hat. And that is a callback to the nightgown that he has on Scooby Natural. Um, you know, with the v-neck and uh, the long tailing hat with the puffball at the end. So freaking cute. Also, we see Sam carrying Thor's 
hammer in one of those hunts that they have. And if you're a huge fan of the show and if you've been following it for a long time, you'll know that Thor's hammer appeared in season 8. It seemingly like falling out of the of of the Winchester's possession. And then it was discovered among the Cudberg Sinclair treasures in the season nine. And this was in the episode Blade Runners. So if you can't remember it, you should go watch that episode. And now when you're looking through the treasures, just be careful and be wary that you should see Thor's hammer. So it's kind of like, you know, you can blink and you can miss it. So yeah, but go back, maybe like watch that episode and and try to find Thor's hammer. That is your homework for today. Go watch Blade Runners season nine uh, of Supernatural and find Thor's hammer. But yeah, I love when they do things like that. And, you know, we when we have like those kind of like little inside jokes or, you know, I don't know. I just love that. But anyway, that is just kind of the recap, I guess, of the episode. So that was the recap of the new Supernatural episode. Overall, the episode was kind of lighter. It was funny. It was very kind of like sweet and warm. Um, and I, And I really liked it. Um, and so this was like a really nice kind of episode that I I will cherish it. I will probably go back and watch this like so many times. Um, but I'm excited to know what's going to be happening in the next episodes. Obviously, I will be covering them on the podcast as well. So like next week and after that. All the way till the finale, the finale of Supernatural. If you're not, if you're like, when is the finale? Like, what is going on? I'm here to tell you the finale is supposed to happen on November 19th at 9 p.m. But until then, I hope we see more of Mrs. Butters. I really do. I hope we learn more about the geoscope and. I was, there were like a lot of interesting sort of uh, quotes in the show, which always are in Supernatural, but I'm going to leave you with this, which, you know, Sam told this to Dean, ignoring your trauma doesn't make you healthy. So yeah, just stay safe, everyone out there, take care of yourself, beware of what's going on, and um Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about Supernatural, but we have more to talk about, so stay tuned because Fear the Walking Dead and World Beyond, that's what we're going to talk about next. So now we're go on to the Fear the Walking Dead. I will give like a recap of the episode and then maybe talk about like what we can expect from like the future episodes, like what is about to be happening in this season and things that I'm looking forward to. Uh, so yeah, without any further ado, let's get into it. So this episode, right from the get-go, we are learning what happened to Morgan. 
because if you've seen season five, you'll know that it kind of ended with a cliffhanger where Virginia shots Morgan and then he's wounded and then he's bleeding a lot and then she just leaves him and he's alone and then a bunch of walkers are coming his way and he has no weapons and he's still bleeding and we're like, what the hell, is Morgan about to die? So that's how it ends. And now in this season, we see Morgan, he's alive, but I can't really say that he's doing well. We see him that he is kind of, you know, weaker, like thinner. He has like huge beard on his face and his eyes are very like red, like they are bloody red. And yeah, so, but he's alive. At the beginning of the episode, after we find out that Morgan is still alive, we are actually seeing this, uh, we are being introduced to this new character whose name is Emil, and he is a badass, I would say, I'm not saying he's good, I'm just saying he looks like a badass, right? Um, he has a hound whose name is Rufus, so Emil is a bounty hunter, and he is basically doing what bounty hunters do. I'm not really, you know, I was wondering like how well does bounty hunting pace in the apocalypse. But like I said, the bounty hunter and his dog Rufus. And then we hear Virginia on the walkie talking to him and hiring him to go and find Morgan. So Virginia doesn't really know whether Morgan is alive or dead at this point. But she just wants to make sure that he's dead so that's why he find uh, he she oh my god that's why she hires a meal to go find him um so that's what he does he's like okay we see him actually at the beginning killing somebody else and that guy has like a key on his neck and then he puts you know the person that he killed like his hat in a box he grabs the key places it on himself and then he is off to go find morgan Morgan, like I said, he is struggling, like he's alive, but he's not doing too well. Um, the walkers are apparently just passing him by. They don't really bother him. They don't really want to eat him uh, because he smells really bad. And then he just happens for some reason, like he's weak and the walkers are like passing him by, but he just kind of like yells at them, like, I'm still here, which is like, look, I get it that he is still like this is like a part of him still not like kind of giving up you know wanting to live wanting to be alive but like buddy you are weak so just go someplace find a hideout heal up and then kick their ass because right now it is a good thing that they're just passing you by you know what i mean um so Morgan finds a guy as he's like trying to fight these walkers and kind of failing um he is actually uh, one one guy helps him um helps him out so Morgan meets this guy named Isaac Isaac as he's trying to fight the walkers Isaac tells him that he has experienced uh, he served two tours in Afghanistan and he can try and help Morgan uh, to remove the the bullet the bullet but Morgan it's like not letting him 
And another interesting thing, as Emil is searching for Morgan, he actually has a drawing, okay? So he just goes and he opens up like this paper and it's a drawing of Morgan. And I was like, holy shit, like I, I don't even know, like how the hell, like does he happen to be, uh, I don't know, like an artist as well as a bounty hunter or they have someone who does like th that was just insane to me that he had like a drawing and was just like going around and asking people have you seen this man and I'm like what the fuck but yeah so uh Isaac is trying to help Morgan and Morgan constantly refuses his help and then after basically they kind of try to uh, you know, Morgan faints at one point and then Isaac takes him to this water tower because that's where Morgan has been kind of like hiding. So yeah, Morgan has been hiding in this water tower and he wrote like the directions of like where he's staying on his backpack and that's how Isaac is able to find where he's staying. And as he's passed out, he actually takes him to the water tower. And he's trying to, like, fix his wound. He's trying to, you know, patch him up or something. And Isaac is, like, telling him that, you know, he knows Morgan because they saw, like, the tapes that they made, you know, in the past. And, you know, he is basically here and he knows that he can help him. And he tells him that his wife is pregnant and he basically needs to get to her some oxygen or something. Yeah, he's actually bringing to her oxygen tanks, but he thinks that Morgan can help. And then Morgan is like, no, I can't help you. Just, you know, leave me, like, whatever. Um, Isaac tells him that, you know, he still has a bullet inside his wound. And he asked him if he is actually, if he was, like, stitching himself up. And Morgan is like, I don't know if he said anything at that point, but we know that, you know, someone, either himself or somebody else, tried to stitch them up. But they left the bullet inside of him, which is a no-no, and now that is causing an issue. So Isaac tells him, like, look, your wound is being infected. I need to clean it. I need to get the bullet out. But again, Morgan just refuses. So as they're arguing... Uh, Morgan is like he gave Isaac a gun because Isaac is like well you know maybe you can help me fight because like where they're stationed um, where his wife is like from the outside there's like a lot of walkers and Isaac is not sure that he's able to kind of get those get the oxygen tank to his wife but because the walkers are like avoiding Morgan because he smells he's like hey I can give it to you and you can just you know kind of like walk like waltz your way into this place and without them noticing you so yeah he's like you can just walk in there without anybody noticing you but Morgan's like no so he gives him a gun and he's like go like do your thing but as they're arguing um so Emil finds them in the water tower and he knocks it off with like his truck and they're fighting and stuff. So Emil wants to kill Morgan, right? And he's kind of like going for it. He's like swinging his axe and then Morgan shots him in the arm. And, you know, obviously he drops his axe and he's not really able to kill him. He doesn't really like fatally wounds him, but he hurts him. So he's not able to kill Morgan. And then 
once again, uh, Isaac helps him and they escape. And basically he's taking him, you know, to his wife with the oxygen tank. But then halfway they stop, they're supposed to walk on foot. And again, Morgan is like, nope, I'm going to. So anyway, once again, Morgan just doesn't want Isaac help and he doesn't want to help him. And he says that he is going to go back. And then, you know, Isaac is like, why do you want to go back? You know, it's not safe there. This guy's like looking for you and whatnot. And then Morgan tells him at this point that he basically didn't patch themselves up. And we kind of learn what exactly happened from that moment that we left them and like walkers were going his way. And so we learn that at that point, Morgan actually passed out and somebody, so this person, whoever they were, they actually, um, you know, they, they killed the walkers and they brought Morgan to the water tower and he was passed out the whole time. So he has no idea who this person was. But once he woke up, he was patched up, his wound was patched up and he found a message um, that said, uh, you don't know me, but I heard your message. You need to do the same. You still have things left to do. And, you know, Morgan was just always kind of like keep telling people to live, to just live. So that's what this person is saying to him. So he thinks that he needs to, you know, a, whatever time he has left here that he needs to live and he needs to just try to fix his things um yeah but like then you know isaac is like that doesn't make sense because you can go back there because this guy emil like he knows it you know this guy emil like he knows this place and he knows you've been there so it's not safe it's not safe for you it's not safe for whoever you want it to be so you can just come with me like where i am at it's safer, like they don't know that place and it can be safe for you and whoever else you want to bring along. So yeah, so like eventually he's able to convince Morgan to go along with him. So again, they go with the plan. He, you know, gives them the oxygen tank and he's supposed to, Morgan is supposed to just walk in there and give it to his wife. And as they're doing that, um, like well then they're supposed to like fight the walkers like the plan doesn't really work so they're fighting the walkers they kill all of them and Isaac goes himself inside and you know gives his wife the oxygen tank and you know Morgan is there and yeah so um Emil is still close by and he actually finds them and shows up here looking for Morgan also now Morgan thinks that you know, he just wants to go out and to surrender himself to Emil because he believes that, um, you know, his purpose was to bring Isaac to his wife, to Rachel, that's his wife's name. And so they can help, you know, so he can help them to start a new community. Uh, but then, and that's it. And now he can just go and, you know, Emil can kill him and whatever. But then Isaac is like, no, no. So he reveals to Morgan that he was actually bitten a while back by a walker. And then, and then he tells Morgan that, you know, he is the one, that Morgan is the one that should start a community with Rachel. And then Morgan is like, well, shit, you know, that kind of changes things. So he then, Morgan, goes out and he is going to fight Emil, right? So he's fighting with Emil and 
he ends up killing a mule okay because like they're fighting and then he ends up actually um first he pins him down with like his um you know with his staff with his stick and then he picks up a mule's um axe and he chops his hat off like okay so he kills a mule and then he just kind of like passes out once again and the next time we see him waking up it's like morning because like when they're fighting with a mule it's night so it's morning it's like daylight and um so we see like rachel kind of like rocking her baby um she had the baby as he was passed out and then she tells him that you know he's patched up we can see him being like you know sort of like his wound is being cleaned so rachel tells him that isaac cleaned his wound and got the bullet out and patched them up nicely and she also tells him like because morgan is asking her whether they have a boy or a girl so she tells him that it's a girl and they decided to name her morgan which i think it's beautiful and yeah and then morgan is like okay so where is like isaac i want to take home but he actually died from you know from the from the wound from the bite that he had so then it's like okay what the hell so he's staying here with rachel and the baby right and eventually he wants to bring the other people but he has some unfinished business so what he does is he goes and he picks up the hat and he puts it puts it by the way the dog rufus because if you're like wondering what happened to rufus he happened to be around okay when morgan woke up rufus was like licking his face so he's fine but what he does is he goes and he picks up uh the hat right uh, of a mule and he puts it in the box and then he leaves it on the road as a present for Vir virginia and so he leaves a trail of walkers kind of like across the road and then also it's like the box and on the box has morgan jones and then at the end of the episode that how it ends that's what we see it's him being like somewhere far away yeah it's he's like further away with like a you know binoculars like looking at them and as they stop on the road they see the box now because on the box Emil actually wrote before he went and found Morgan when you know Virginia told him like at the beginning that she was looking for someone named Morgan Jones he on the box wrote Morgan Jones and now you know Morgan just took that box and he put Emil's hat in it and left it on the road for Virginia so when she sees the box she actually thinks that you know she's kind of like smiling thinking that Emil basically you know killed um you know morgan or that he's dead either way you know but then she opens the box and she sees that it's emile's hat instead of morgan so obviously she's not too happy about that so then she goes and she like speaks over the radio to morgan and she's telling him that you know she thought that this couldn't work if he was alive but now she just needs the others to think that he's dead and you know that he better kind of like stays dead he doesn't kind of like tries to come back because she will kill all of his friends you know and she's like really satisfied with that threat that she made and she's like okay i'm about to leave then morgan it's like you know because we're not sure whether he's gonna respond or not to you know the the call on the radio and then on the other side we just hear morgan jones is dead 
you're dealing with somebody else now. And then we kind of see him from far away watching them, you know, with the binoculars and, you know, and he's more uh, cleaned up and he has like a cowboy hat and, you know, he just rides off and we're like, holy shit, because I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see because to me, Morgan was always like an interesting character and he always goes through these changes, which are very drastic because at the beginning, because we see him like in the very first, in the pilot episode, right, of The Walking Dead. And, you know, he's this guy who's just trying to save his son. You know, he's just trying to kind of survive in this new world and everything is very much new to him. But from that point, you kind of know that Morgan is, you know, he's a survivor and he's he knows his shit because he was he he kind of like he taught Rick like he's the one who named the dead ones walkers okay and he's the one who told Rick that you only killed them with headshots and he was much of a different person and then when we saw him in season three in clear he was someone who was you know very much unrecognizable to the you know to that kind of friendly um I guess, person that we saw back in season one, the one who was willing to give a stranger a chance and teach him. And, you know, we see someone who just kills, you know, like um, everybody is wearing a dead man's uh, face and he just clears, you know, he kills everyone regardless whether they're alive and they're dead. He doesn't communicate with people. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't stay with anyone. He just cleans. And then he goes on yet another journey. And the next time we meet him, he is a completely different person who, you know, doesn't kill anyone. And, you know, uh, he's much calmer. He's much quieter. He's much more reasonable person. And, you know, and then we see him through that journey and that kind of Morgan shifts and goes into fear the walking dead where we're still where we are at this point and you know and and we see him like still kind of holding on to that regardless of what's happening he is not killing people he's trying to help people and yeah he just wants to be that person who's gonna make this world better he just tries to build something for people he just tries to help people regard rather than kill them and but now we see like yet another shift that happened and I don't know what kind of person came out on the other end but I am excited to find out so then at the very ending we see two guys and one of them is uh with like a white spray painting he's uh, writing a message on a site of a submarine which I was like holy shit where the hell did we even found a submarine right now uh, but yeah, he writes a message. It says the end, it's the beginning. This is something that we see, um, you know, someone at the beginning writing and now like at the ending again. So they're waiting for someone and we learn that they're waiting. I think they're waiting for that person that at the beginning of the episode, Emil kills and he has the key right around his neck and that is significant and also i forgot to mention that so emil had the key right that he took of the guy that he killed and then 
uh, he actually, when Morgan killed Emil, he got the key. So now Morgan has the key. So yeah, we don't really know who they are and what is the significance of this key. Like, what what does it hold? Like, what does it open? What what is it for? But I guess it's something that we're gonna learn into the next episodes. We didn't really saw much of anyone other than Morgan and, you know, maybe a little bit of Virginia and these new characters, but we didn't really saw anybody from the rest of the group. We have no idea where they are or what is going on, but I'm excited to kind of know, I guess, what is happening with the rest of them. I hope we get to see uh, where they are in Virginia's community. Um, also, like, who are these new people? What is up with the whole, the end is the beginning? what is up with the key like what does it do like you know what i mean like where where does it go what is it for and then who the hell is the new morgan jones or is he even gonna call himself something else i don't even know but i'm excited to see so yeah that's all i have for this episode of fear and obviously next week when the new episode comes out we are gonna talk about it okay i'm gonna review that as well And the last thing that I want to talk about on today's episode is The World Beyond, the second episode, um, The Blaze of Gory. So on the latest episode, which is named The Blaze of Gory, or B-O-G, um, we have, basically, we kind of um, go where we left off. So we're seeing where the kids are headed, uh, you know, and how they're surviving outside the campus community, which newsflash, right, which is not really newsflash, not, they're not, they're not doing too well. And then we also see uh, Huck and Felix going after them. They're searching for the endlings and you're like, what the hell is an end link? We're going to talk about that as well. So here we go. A little recap of what happened on the second episode of World Beyond. Starting uh, now. So yeah, Elton has a conversation with Hope about um, the kind of like the ending of the world. And you know, Hope says something how, like, they could be, like, the last generation. Elton is making this sort of, uh, you know, he's kind of, like, talking about, like, how the dinosaurs disappeared and how long it took them and everything. And he says, like, well, you know, in the rate that, like, we're moving, like, we have been in this thing, like, for 10 years. I would say, like, it approximately would take, like, another 15 years for, like, humanity to disappear. And then he says, like Elton says, like we are the endlings. And he says that that is what is called the last of the species. That's the name of the last of the species. And he says that, you know, he kind of thinks that that what makes them special. And he kind of feels lucky that he is an endling. And uh, he, and for that reason, he feels like he needs to make his life count. They all need to make their life uh, count. 
Um, so then Elton kind of corrects himself in saying that the very, very last of the species is actually called an endling. Then he says that basically like the endling, that is what defines us all. So basically the life and the death of that one last person, it's what defines us all. And it's kind of like ominous, but like interesting. And like I said, quickly, I wanted to mention them having this bowling ball. They, okay, like, I mean, are you kidding me? They go out there and we all know, okay, we all know. You just take things that are really a necessity to you, like food and water and medical supplies. Maybe you grab some pieces of clothing and definitely weapons, but you don't get a bowling ball, okay? You don't get a full, like, you know, bag and you just shove a bowling ball in it because what the fuck? Like, what are you gonna do to a goddamn bowling ball? Like, it's it's just dead weight. I don't know, like, I know Felix was trying to teach them and there was a probably, like, I, I'm sure he probably had a class where he told them what are the essentials if you're, like, out there that you take everything that you need and bowling ball was probably on the list of things that you don't need that if you see, you just kind of, like, leave it and, like, you, you don't pick that up. You don't need that, okay? But, yeah, that that was crazy. I was like, holy shit. Like, you can see they're so new to this because they're like, hey, we're just gonna take this and that, like, some water, some food, and, hey, a bowling ball. Yeah, we should definitely take that. So, but let's talk about their survival skills out there because, as I said in the previous episode, I don't know if you heard that or not, but I didn't really give them very high kind of hopes when it came to them being outside the community uh, and kind of like being able to survive out there because they've never been outside. And so I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I really like them. I don't want them to die. But do I think they're just going to go out there and become like immediately complete badasses that are going to know how to kill walkers or actually empties? And, you know, I was like, no, I think they're going to have some issues. And it turns out they do, because first of all, they don't even know how to kill an empty. Like we see Iris struggling to kill an empty for I don't even know how long. She's just trying to do anything that she's been taught, you know, inside the community to do if, if she's like ever faced with with an empty, like how to fight it, how to kill it. And it just doesn't seem to seem to work. And then she falls into like this like hall, whatever, with the end uh, with the empty. And thankfully, she's not hurt or she doesn't get bit or anything. But the empty, like it's kind of like pinned on something. Like I don't know, but you know, it's still alive. Okay, well, kind of right. And you know, they don't kill it. But then she doesn't even kill it, which I thought it was a little disrespectful. Like at least, you know, put it out its out of its misery. Like why would you, you know, play around with it? And then, I mean, come on, you know what I mean? And then just like puke on it and then just leave it there. Like, hey, like what's going on? It's like, they're not really being smart about it. Okay, that's just what I wanted to say that they're not. I mean, I really like them, but I just feel like, I don't know, man, they're really doing a poor job when it comes to, but I guess it, you know, kind of shows that being, you know, sheltered in this community and, you know, it kind of shows how much 
of survival skills they're lacking because you know we see on the walking dead we see judith who's like i don't know what is she like 10 and she's like killing walkers she even killed a couple of people she's not too happy about it but i mean you know and carl when like he was her age or you know he was like no problem like killing walkers you know he was constantly outside and being faced with this world and he wasn't really being sheltered so yeah that's what i wanted to point out they're not too good on the survival skills so far i hope they get better and until they do i hope they just stay lucky because yeah it's it's not good it's not going great for them so also beside seeing the four kids the endlings because that's what they're calling themselves now um we also see huck and philip and felix as they're basically looking for them still they're kind of like behind they see like little traces and clues that they leave them on the way and um so we kind of like also see a little bit on felix like background story like in the past you know before everything happened before the apocalypse or as they call it when the sky the night the sky fell um so we see that before that he was like you know when he was much younger like leaving uh when he was like basically still living at home with his parents that his father who just happened to be a fucking asshole um you know this homophobic deadbeat found out that felix was gay and then he didn't want to do anything with him he just told him that like immediately he should he should just leave and disowned him basically and didn't want to speak to him and didn't wanted him to stay in his house and we see that you know his dad it's not only being a complete fucking asshole and a deadbeat and like a you know kind of like a homophobic son of a bitch but he's also like so fucking useless because he doesn't fucking do anything you know he's a total jerk and you know felix is actually helping them like we see him, you know, that Felix is trying to find like a job for him, you know, he's taking care. And in the meantime, he's the one who's working and paying his bills, like their bills. And yet he's like, oh, so like you're gay, like, no, you should probably like move out. You're not my son anymore. And I mean, I, I don't even know. I was really frustrated at, you know, his dad. But yeah, and then obviously Felix leaves and then we see him as everything basically happens you know all of his parents kind of like disown him and they don't want to speak to him they're still his parents you know and he still cares for them so when everything happens he is calling them and he is running home right uh, because he wants to make sure that they're okay he wants to kind of like be together with them he wants to help them and he goes home right and he's like knocking on the door and he's like yelling like I'm home like let me in you know please I just want to help you I just want us to be together you know like it's you see like everything is just going like crazy like it's bunkers outside like there's explosions and like the fucking world is ending it's crazy and his parents are like just locked in their house and their son's at the door but they don't like say anything because he's gay are you kidding me and then again we just you know hear felix like like yelling and kind of like knocking on the door and being like please let me in i just want to help you you know and then again his dad's like go away we don't need your help and i'm like oh dear god this man like 
you know, now because when they're outside looking for the endlings, I'm just going to keep calling them that. I just think it's an epic name. Uh, when they keep looking for them, uh, it's kind of like in the area where Felix used to live, where like it's house and everything. So he has like these, you know, flashbacks, these memories, kind of like a lot of, yeah, he sees a lot of things that remind him of everything. And then he kind of goes on the street, actually, where his house was, where his parents used to live. And as they're like, it's nighttime and they're sleeping, Hawks asleep. And then Felix decides to wake up and just go to his house to see if his parents are like still there, like what's going on. And he goes to the house and he can see a couple of walkers, a couple of empties. He see couple of, uh, so he sees a couple of empties inside the house and it's probably his parents you know they have turned they have died and at first he wants to kind of like go inside and probably like you know kill them just kind of like put them out of their misery or something but once again right the front door as it was before it's like locked and he doesn't have access to the house obviously now he can just break in and whatever but I think what happens is that, you know, Felix realizes at that point he's able to kind of like let go of of this. Um, and he, he kind of realizes that, you know, his parents have been kind of dead to him a long time ago. And he, you know, he doesn't really need to do anything for them. It's like, you know what I mean? They've made their own choices, choices and he made his own choices and he tried to help them, but they didn't want his help. So, um I mean, I hope he was kind of able to, in some sort of a way that he was able to find some sort of closure and peace with this. Yeah, I think like Felix is definitely my favorite character on the show so far, right? Um, so yeah, I really hope that, you know, he's kind of like able to to find some sort of closure with this with this whole end. And that's how we kind of learn a little bit about his, you know, his background, his backstory. As we go with the endlings, right, as they're moving through and just trying to find, uh, I, I think they're still trying to go to New York, right, to uh, to save Leo. Um, so they uh, kind of go through to something, they see something that they call the blaze of, of gory. And you're like, what the hell is that? Well, it apparently, um, it's something that they've only like heard about, but now that they're outside, they're actually really see in it that it's real uh, so it's like a bunch of tires that just have been burning for like a long time long period of time like years and you know because it's just constant fire constant burning it's something that attracts the empties and they don't they don't really kind of like go to like other areas they just kind of stay in this one place like where the blaze of gory is right so the other places that are around the the blaze of gory are pretty much like they don't have many empties because you know it's kind of like they're cleared because they're all gathered at this one place um and so they think that they should go through this and you know they're kind of like debating because they think it's probably not the best idea because obviously there's going to be a lot of empties in there but at the same time it's where they're supposed to go they can kind of like take a different path but that can you know take them a very long time and you know so they're like okay the easiest and fastest way to go is through the blaze of gory 
And that's kind of like at the end of the episode, you know, and they decide to go through this and, you know, they get in there and they're like, okay, great. And, you know, they're obviously not going to fight them. They just want to hide and, you know, get the fuck out of there, which I think at this point, it's not such a bad idea because when you have that amount of walkers, empties, whatever, um, and you're just like a couple of people and you you know, you don't have much experience, you don't have a lot of weapons, it's probably the best idea for you to just sneak in there and try to get out the like fast without getting noticed. So I think that's a smart plan. Um, it gets a little weird for them because, you know, it's like from the flames and everything, it's really hard to see which way you're going. Uh, but, you know, they're like, okay, we see the fence, whatever. So they rush to it and they're able to safely get out of the fence and they're like we did it we're out of the blaze of gory like you know yay for us so yeah they actually think that like they did it and they went through this thing but it turns out that they come across like when they're faced on the other side of the fence they realize that the blaze of gory it's they're they're not quite through it yet because they have more burning tires and more empties on the other way so they're like, okay, fuck, what do we do? So Elton, you know, they're kind of like looking around and he sees that there's like an old um, tornado uh, siren, which is nearby on a roof. And so he kind of like suggests that maybe somebody should, you know, kind of like turn that on. So it would create a diversion and the empties would kind of go towards that way. But Iris rejects that idea because that would mean that, you know, somebody should actually be a bait, right? Because the person who goes and turns on the siren, like, how the hell are they supposed to get out of this situation? She's like, okay, well, let's just, like, sleep on it. Let's just see what, you know, we can come up in, like, the next day. So, you know, they kind of, like, stay um, they decide to find, like, a safer place where they can sleep. And the next day they would sort of you know, like come up with a full plan. As everyone else is resting, we see Hope uh, making her way through the BOG, which is the blaze of glory. Not glory, did it? Oh my god. Uh, yeah, she's making her way to the uh, blaze of glory. And so I don't know, like, what is that? How basically it ends? So it's like, what is going on? Is Hope gonna kind of you know, go and turn on the siren herself and maybe like pose herself as bait. What is happening? You know, Felix and Hawk, they're following them. They they are like on their uh, trail, but are they going to find them soon? You know, are they going to go through the blaze of gory themselves? Like what is happening? Um, I really hope they're like safe and nobody fucking dies. And eventually, I really hope that, uh, you know, Felix and Huck will caught up with them and they're all going to be safe. I don't want anyone to die. Okay. And I hope we learn more about the CRM people because we kind of like, you know, saw a little bit of, you know, that they're shady people in the first episode and that I don't trust them and it, it was confirmed that I shouldn't have trusted them you know what I mean but I want to know a little bit more about them and maybe like a little bit more like Rick clues because I really miss that guy so anyway yeah that's for this episode I hope you liked it 
So yeah, anyway, that's all I have for you guys for this episode. I hope you like it. I hope you come back next week for more. Again, so far, right now, I'm going to be covering uh, the new episode that is going to be coming out for from Supernatural. Uh, and then the new episode from World Beyond and Fear the Walking Dead. So if you like these, I hope you come back. Um, you know, to hear more. Also, follow me on wherever you're actually listening to this and you can follow me on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Tumblr. I'm under Blooming Apocalypse. And as always, I hope you have a good one and stay safe and wear your mask and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye.